Hello, my name is Max Kirkham, and I'm the executive producer for It's Personal. Today on the podcast, I'm speaking with my friend, Ariel Putman, about her performance from our survival show in May 2020. From playing Survivor as a child to actually surviving a pandemic as an adult, Ariel shares how much things have changed and how much she just wishes she could be a kid all over again. Don't we all? Let's get personal. Survivor growing up. And I loved playing Survivor. I was nine years old when the first season came out. Nine to me is the prime playing pretend age. Like I had just enough of my childhood innocent imagination intact, but like enough maturity to really conceptualize and maximize playtime. Nine was waking up on a summer morning, no phone to grab, just the excitement of the day. My mom would already be at work and my sister and I would climb out of our thrash beds with ratted hair and PJs that doubled as play clothes and head outside to play Survivor. We'd always let our bodies just warm up in the Arizona heat. My sister's cheeks would always get so red and we played as if we were deserted on an island. We had to hunt for food like they did on the show. And I remember our neighbor had a huge lemon tree and one of the branches just barely hung over our fence. And we would take this wobbly plastic play table that was stained with markers and dried pieces of Play-Doh and push it against the wall and climb up with our calloused cut little feet because we never wore shoes when playing outside. And he would reach and grab these lemons. It was so satisfying. And then we'd find a dull stick to saw through the rind and open the flesh and laugh at each other with our sour faces. God, playing Survivor was a hit. When I'd go to Idaho to see my dad, we had enough cousins to have tribes. Oh, shit got real. <laughs> I mean, our legs be covered in mosquito bites and scrapes from going out in the backwoods and getting sticks to build forts. The challenges got way more creative and we even had elimination ceremonies. Oh, the drama, I loved it. There definitely were alliances. Now flash forward almost 20 years later and it feels like I'm playing a twisted version of Survivor COVID-19 edition. I still wake up with ratted hair, usually falling out of a bun, heavy phone in hand that sometimes I feel like is sharing news that is so heartbreaking and scary. Instead of play and adventure, my challenges are now me constantly fighting with myself. Like, girl, you need to relax. Eat that bag of potato chips and zone out. Girl, this is the most you've ever weighed. Hate yourself for eating that bag of potato chips and stare at yourself in the mirror. Girl, look at all these actors being productive. You better sign up for acting classes. Well, what about college classes? You better sign up for accelerated courses that are double the work. You should get a puppy. 
Why would you get a puppy? It's like, no matter what I do, I'm constantly combating myself. I'm not relaxed enough or smart enough, creative enough. I'm not even dog mommy enough. I just want to be nine again. I want to be thriving. Like, what was she saying to me? How would she handle the times we're in? Hold that thought. The tribe, aka nine-year-old Ariel, has spoken. Hi, Ariel. Hi, Max. Welcome back to the podcast. It's so great to be talking with you. I love doing podcasts now. I mean, this is the only podcast I do, but I love it. <laughs> Listen, I think that this is a good one to set your uh, expectations for all the other ones on. It's always so lovely. How are you? It's been a while. I know. Um, I'm doing good, you know, yeah. considering... And, yeah. I, I, you know, for those who don't know, I, I did start a new job, which I think I wake up so thankful every day that I have this opportunity. So it's kind of like a rebirth. You know, this year I turned 29 and it's with everything happening. It's like, OK, it's time to start a new chapter. <laughs> that's cheesy. Yeah. It sounds like I'm on The Bachelor right now. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, that's kind of how it felt. So just adjusting to that into yeah. where I do get to work from home, which is super great uh, most of the time and just adjusting to that lifestyle. Yeah. Have you been able to perform or stay creative in this time? Not as much as I want to. So I was yeah, really glad fair. that I got to do this. I, I'm one of those really anxious people and I'm a type mm-hmm. one on the Enneagram. So if anyone knows what that means, <laughs> my core thing is I have to be good. So when I start mm. something new, I've kind of recognized this about myself that I get really anxious. And like mm. if I make a mistake, which obviously when you're new, you're going to make a lot of mistakes. So yeah. it has me to where I only focus on work right now, which is not ideal. But um, and then it's also uh, like a matter of survival. We're in a pandemic. Exactly, so. exactly. So like I don't want to lose it, and you know I'm gonna take care of a puppy, and then you know my boyfriend who I also live with. Oh yeah. What kind of puppy you got? She is a multi poo. Her name is Shelby Reba. She's sleeping on my feet right now. Oh, Shelby Reba. I love that. (laughs) I love that. I did not know that Reba's 
son is named Shelby, which I just didn't know that when I named. Her. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Her middle. It's a little bit of a mind melt. Though. I know. Yeah. I mean, her name is Reba because I got her on the day I was supposed to be at a Reba concert, but it was canceled. Oh. Um, you know, because of everything. So. Right. Like she just wasn't like a Reba, but I was like, she's a Shelby though, so Reba can be her middle name. Yeah. So let's talk about this piece. We this was survival. We were both actually in the show together, but you were another. It's personal. It's personal thing. So how was survival different for you as a as a as an experience? Well, this was the first virtual show I did. Yeah. I think it was for everyone. It was the f- Correct. Yeah. So yeah. Um, the writing process, this is the hardest piece to write. Why? I think it's, I don't know. I think it's because I was in such, I mean, my piece kind of reflects where I was. I was mm-hmm. like fighting with myself on trying to stay busy and relax at the same time. Like, what do I do at this time? Like I said, I'm very anxious. So wanting to make the best and do everything right and, um, I think I was even late in turning in my piece. I was just like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. But honestly, the rehearsals were still effective doing over Zoom. Mm-hmm. I realized that Zoom is such a great tool. And I was just as nervous <laughs> waiting in my, you know, this bedroom I'm in now is where I filmed it. Like, same butterflies, same pacing back and forth, you know, the same feeling I got as performing. So that was that was really cool for me. Yeah. You know, like what was it like not coming up with an activity? Did you miss not having that activity to do? Sometimes, yes, and sometimes because sometimes I get too focused on the activity, or you can. I'm one of those I do shake when I perform. Mm-hmm. It's just where my adrenaline goes, and sure. sometimes you can see when I'm doing my activity, <laughs> I'm shaking. Because yeah. one of the notes I remember I got from Liz was like, "We just want more detail." So mm-hmm. when I was writing it and actually performing, I was able to really I don't know like think about it and be in it. I think I had some emotions to where my body was definitely able to tell the story, yeah. and it just felt good to be kind of still and grounded in a way you know yeah. like when you look into this like tiny green dot on your lap or that's i feel my laptop so I'm just like right. just staring knowing that there's other people yeah. so I, I thought yes and no i don't know yeah <laughs> I, I i know from my experience it was weird not having that audience to react with and kind of feel the interactions of was that different for i mean you talk about that green dot like what was mm-hmm. it weird having like okay there's people watching but True. i'm alone I know. Yeah, it's there is something so you just cannot replace the feeling of being in front of a live audience. Mm. You know, especially if you do something funny because <laughs> you, you know, <laughs> yeah. you feed off that. But the good thing was that you still got the connection in the rehearsal piece and then we mm-hmm. still were texting each other on the side. Like, you know, yeah. I'll, like, I think everybody would text you after your of piece. Course. Like it still felt like you just came backstage. I was just yeah. like, oh, good job, you did it, you know, and yeah. picking out the curtain. But, you know, it was nice to see comments from people. And honestly, it was also great to, to practice how you write the piece because you have to keep the tension and you have to storytell a certain mm-hmm. way in a certain time frame to do it virtually. So I thought that was right. really cool too and seeing some people were really effective at doing that. And yeah, you know, it's it's fun. I think one of the things that I've been particularly grateful for, and one, I was, I think we were all pleasantly surprised at how well it's personal took to the virtual format. Mm-hmm. But then also just like how much the it's personal kind of alumni group is a family and we were able to still like support each other. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the, the piece itself. First of all, what about survival? <laughs> like survivor, sorry. Like what do you love so much about it? And then like why talk about that in particular? You know, I... I honestly, because I was stumped. I truly was. I was like, I, 
you know, sometimes you do get stumped. So I almost mm-hmm. had too many things you could, you know, write about. Like, do you, yeah. do you write about something funny, like surviving when I first got my period? Yeah. I don't know. And then I just, I think it actually was Liz and her email said, like, you can write about the show. You can write about this. And I was like... <laughs> Oh, that's interesting because when Survivor first came out, my whole family was obsessed. Mm. Like, I'll never forget. My mom was, it was just a single mom at the time, so just her, me, and my sister uh-huh. before my younger brothers were born. And it was one of those things where she would get home like around 6 30, you know, like make a really good dinner. I remember we were obsessed with balsamic vinaigrette too. Like, it's like, I don't know, it's hard to explain. I, mean, I just remember. Amen. Who's not obsessed with balsamic vinaigrette? <laughs> <you know? laughs> like, we, I would have these, the most amazing salads, and we would just, I remember I would just sit there with my bowl of salad and, like, watch Survivor, <laughs> get into it, and, like, drink the vinaigrette. Like, I just remember all these funny memories. Yeah. What was what was your family's like favorite part of the? Because they're all pretty formulaic, right? There's like challenges, and then they sleep in the nude in the rain, and then they eliminate. Like, what was your family's favorite part of Survivor? I mean, to me, it was always the relationships. Like, okay. and, and the, the, now it's like, when you watch modern ones, it's all about like, okay, we gotta, you know, make alliance and we gotta, right. you know, form the strategy. But when it very first came out, that was barely yeah. coming about, but you started to see it. And this was also the first time watching reality TV. And to me, to me, I think me being like nine, I was like, oh, I wanted to play pretend so bad. Like I wanted to do that. Like I wanted to be on an island and having to survive. It's such a fun way, you know, to play. Uh-huh. And of course, I think all my other cousins felt the same way. Yeah. And they even had a survivor fear factor themed, like, yeah, end of school year party, which I never <laughs> had parties, but it was such a hit that my aunt and uncle had this idea, like, let's do like survivor themed party and add a little fear factor in there as a kid like that was just so fun yeah you talk at one point about i think your dad's family in iowa is that where it was idaho idaho sorry excuse me (laughs) and there were enough kids to do tribes Mm -hmm. and that you did complicated challenges like what's an example of a challenge that you guys would do so my grandmother lives kind of like on a big lot and there's like a lot of backwoods Mm -hmm. with like a bunch of sticks and i remember we had to build a fort and like one of the uncles like timed us like in 15 minutes. Like who could build the best fort? And then of course, they, I feel like the adults were kind of like the judges, I guess. Like who sure. would say who won. I'm sure they were happy to have something to keep you guys busy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm sure while they're all like drinking and doing who Doing knows whatever what adults do. In Idaho. So <laughs> yeah, we, I remember... It was it was really cold too, and there was also a creek. And at one point, I remember one of the challenges was we had to catch these water snakes, and I did it. And I'm surprised I did it because I would never do that now. But aren't those poisonous? They're like these tiny. Okay, they're, okay, you can't see my hands, but they're like the size <laughs> of a pencil. Oh, okay. okay. They look like they're so teeny tiny. Okay. I mean, who knows? Maybe they were, but we had no idea. Where I grew up, the water snakes are very poisonous. Oh, okay. We would have to, like, who could catch a lot of them, put them, like, in a water bottle. I don't know. Okay. Weird weird stuff right. like that. So we would just get so creative, and we would ask for pieces of paper, ask for pens. Yeah, the, the elimination ceremony was what I was about mm-hmm. to ask about. Let's, uh, yeah. let's recount an elimination ceremony for us. Oh, gosh. I mean, it's hard because you don't know, like, the different personalities because there's so many different cousins. But um, I felt... Yeah, there was definitely, of course, the youngest always got left out, mm-hmm. always got voted off first because they were weak. And then, you know, 
I was the cool cousin because I like lived in Arizona so like I felt like everyone always wanted to make alliances with me then there was like a girls versus boys boys kind of a thing going on and um but yeah there were some times when kids got real upset so yeah the boys sometimes would get into it or go tell the parents and then they'd be like okay enough playing Mm -hmm. like everyone just include each other but i mean kids can be ruthless and when parents are around like this i don't know i can't explain it when you're young this ego comes and you try to be a doll and try to be cruel which is awful when you're literally putting yourself into a competitive (laughs) environment yeah Yeah. so i mean we would play it you know sometimes we went to the park we even play in the jungle Mm. gym play at like the community pool i just had such fond memories and i i forgot about it until this, the prompt came up and I was like isn't Wait, that funny how that happened I know I, I was yeah. so thankful for it because it was really fun writing about it again but you know I think that's one of the fun things about like the the, the themes of it's personal that you know they are one word two words long sometimes it's so it, re- it jogs things that you don't even think about mm-hmm. I was drawn particularly to one part of your story where you talked about having a lemon tree that kind of overgrew mm-hmm. into we I had one of those when I lived down in Miami at my mom's house except it was a key lemon tree so we would steal the key limes and then make, we called it stolen key lime pie. It just, I mean, tell me I'm wrong, like stolen fruit just tastes better, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, even a really tart lemon. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, my sister actually watched the piece mm. and I was like, I did, I never tell my family what I'm writing because I want them to be surprised. Okay. It, unless it's like, you know, I always warn them if it's like really vulnerable because I've done horrible sure. pieces. They're like, oh, you know, not me the best story. Right. But this one I was like, I can't wait for you to watch and she was like oh my gosh because like Arizona everything's kind of concrete so we just had like these literally just plain concrete walls mm. and like we would like push this wobbly table up against it and like steal these lemons but then the way the tree kind of came over too uh-huh. like it gave us like a little it felt like a hut <laughs> so we would like just hang out underneath there we had like a plastic knife from one of our tea sets or something and it was like a kid's something knife. that probably you shouldn't have been using to cut uh <laughs> Yeah, because it was, I mean, you couldn't, like, it literally was, like, sawing, or we would use sticks sometimes, too, which I think I mentioned that, like, you literally just find a stick and just saw so hard, so it would be, like, victory when we finally got, and we just thought, I don't know, that's just what you do, that's, you know, I think that story also, it was so nostalgic, it's kind of like the painful nostalgic, Mm -hmm. like, oh, gosh, like, that's when things were so simple that sometimes yeah. it's like reading a book like yeah, you wish you could just be in the country sometimes yeah, absolutely. You, know, you wish you just be back yeah. a kid getting dirty outside yeah, you know absolutely so. i mean i tell my mom all the time and this i think is a good segue into talking about like the later part of the piece but you know i tell my mom all the time you know do you know where i can return my adult card like i'm done with it <laughs> i don't want it actually i don't even remember applying for it i would <laughs> like to give it <laughs> yes. back return to sender please what really struck me, I think, the most striking part of your whole performance was the moment when you do flash forward and you say, okay, now we're almost 20 years in the future and you get genuinely emotional. I mean, the, you can mm-hmm. feel that your throat is catching. I feel like important to point out, especially for our listeners, that we this was our first, like you said, this was our first it's personal performance. And for a lot of, I know for me, it was my first time to really like talk to people since the beginning of the pandemic in like a performative mm-hmm way and so I just wonder like what was going through your head in that moment like what was that emotion you were feeling and then you know conversely kind of like how do you think it would be different if you did it now Mm. 
Well, you kind of like just said it. It was like the first time we had been like talking about it since everything happened. Yeah. And you know, sometimes your only communication is seeing what people are posting on Instagram. Or like that. That is for me. Like I'm a huge introvert, and I know as a friend, my worst thing is reaching out.、Mm. I have a hard time. I don't know. I sometimes forget about it, or sometimes I don't have someone necessarily to vent to. Does that make sense?、Uh, so yeah, sure. this this was a kind of a good outlet for me to share. I mean, my always my whole purpose in all these is like I'm hoping that maybe someone can relate in some way,、yeah. and you find comfort in that.、And、that's why I find that's why I think I'm drawn to this industry because I find comfort in all stories, you know, that I can relate to. So. I think it was me saying that it's okay if you don't have it figured out, that I don't. Hence, me getting emotional because like I can still feel in the moment as I'm doing my, my performance, my brain's still doing the same thing that I'm talking about. You know, going back and forth, back and forth、yeah. with each other, and not giving myself the space to settle.、Mm. Like it's, and I almost like think like that maybe I I still need to settle.、Mm. Like ironically, even with being quarantined, I still. Haven't made time for me to settle because I'm in survival mode. Yeah, I think so. So many of us are kind of stuck in that kind of survival mode. Yes, and when everyone's in survivor mode, it's hard because you want to help as much as you can, and you know people might have it worse than you do, and then you know you start to feel guilt and all that kind of stuff. And I think the whole point of like tying in, you know, the younger self and everything. Was you know you have to be at a good place in order to help others and contribute. Yeah. And so it doesn't have to be a hundred percent perfect. You don't have to be like okay, I am fixed, <laughs> I am good to go. But you know it is. It does take you know little tiny moments of encour- you encouraging、yeah. yourself, taking a breather, don't give up, keep going, so that you can yeah be there. Yeah, I think that's one of the. At least for me, it's I I I really kind of、uh, identify with what you just said because I think the pandemic is a, a constant and ever present reminder that everything you're going through is just part of something much bigger than、mm-hmm. <laughs> what's currently right in front of you. And I think for me, at least, it's been helpful to have that perspective. And you know, like if it wasn't the pandemic, it would be work, and if it wasn't work,、mm-hmm. it would be you know family obligations, and if it wasn't this, it was that. So.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I really kind of felt myself drawn towards this、um, emotion that you put into this piece. I'm I'm really grateful that you let that come through. Oh, thank you. Yeah, to me, it's. I mean, I think this is everyone says that that's very therapeutic. Yeah. To, to reach that, and I think storytelling, you know, it's it's gotta be truth, and、mm-hmm. sometimes the truth. Is vulnerable,、yeah. and I think vulnerable storytelling is the best. Like I am a sucker for it.、Yeah. Like I want something to make me cry or laugh really hard.、Yeah. You know, like one or the other. So、um, yeah, I, it, it reminds me.、Um, you know, I, I was recording a podcast with、uh, or Sam was、uh, Severo、mm-hmm. was interviewing me for my uh, uh, piece in survival, and I I talked about how I'm not in recovery, but one of the steps, the final step of recovery, is being able to go out and talk about it and to share. Your story and to,、mm-hmm. and it's kind of like that last moment of acceptance,、um, and that's a lot of、mm-hmm. what it's personal is. Is like I'm gonna share this with you, whether it's you know my favorite thing is sour patch watermelons, or it's you know I was,、mm-hmm. uh, you know whatever I played survival with my、uh, mm-hmm. my cousins,、um, and that whole range of human emotion is really 
amazing. It's amazing to get to experience. Mm -hmm. It's also, I found, uh, I almost found it funny. Like your prior, it's funny what our priorities are in all this whole pandemic. Like you talk about combating yourself and like really being kind of at war with what you want and what you think you need and what you actually need. And it's like, there's a pandemic going on. Like, (laughs) I don't know. It's it's funny to me. I want to talk, of course, now about that video at the end of Baby Ariel. (laughs) How old are you in that? Are you nine in that? Nine. You are nine. Mm-hmm. Okay. What is that from? I, I told, I mean, this piece, I think it was called nine. Yeah. That's like my favorite age ever. Like I just felt. You said it was the, you said it was the perfect moment of childhood. Like you had enough of your childhood yeah. left that you could still play. Mm-hmm. But like you also like mature, like obviously you've seen the video. Yeah. Like I had, it was like almost like longing for like the spiritual connection and wanting to help others. Right. My mom's boyfriend at the time had a video camera mm-hmm. and he would always let us use it. And this obviously where the act, like everything started. Like my <laughs> original, what I wanted to be, obviously I wanted to be like a teacher, but I also like thought of like having my own news and my own magazine. Like those two things I always wanted to have. Doable. But I was so excited. I was like, I had this idea. I'm going to do a family news because I remember we were having some issues with like chores because also my mom's boyfriend had a son that was a year younger than Mm. me i think so like doing chores on time i'm you know helping around the house like all the talks that parents kind of have with kids and i was like well i'm going to make a news i'm gonna make a chore chart a calendar Uh and the family has to watch this every sunday (laughs) so i would write this and my you know my mom's boyfriend would like film me like now I look back like so sweet that he would do that I mean you just saw a tiny glimpse I had so these were like full length news reports Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and including bloopers I would do fake bloopers just to make you would do fake bloopers okay now I think I'm gonna ask the question now that everyone listening to this wants to know is are there full length versions still available for us to watch I think so. Yes, my mom hopefully has okay. them. I rec- the piece I did as I recorded quickly <laughs> when she was showing me uh-huh. a little backstory was raised Jehovah's okay. Witness, so she would always have a bunch of these watchtowers, which are like the little like booklet things oh, that they go door to door. Never open the door for one of them. So I don't know. <laughs> Well, I thankfully wasn't really involved, you know, but I just knew that I wanted to be spiritual. Like, to me, no. it's like, I want to love God. I want to love Jesus. You know, like, when you're young, it's so innocent. I mean, you don't, you don't know, you know. So I was thankful where my mom didn't really force it on us. We still had to stick by the rules until a little bit after kindergarten. Like, I never really celebrated my birthday. I had to leave the classroom if, like, there was a birthday. Stuff like that. And that kind of, like, stopped in the middle of grade school, thankfully. Okay. But anyways, I did, like, a like a prayer. Like, I would start that. I would do, like, a prayer. I'd be like, okay, this week's booklet is what does God require of us? And, like, I would talk about it. And then, yeah, I would go and do my whole thing. And, obviously, I picked in our poem of the week, yeah. <laughs> which I talk about. I love that. Did, so you have I, that, that did you have that little clip before you made this piece, decided to do this piece? Or did you find it, at, like, remember it and find it afterwards and go look for it. I did have it because I posted it on uh, my Instagram a while back. So thankfully I, I had that clip still and I just like all pieced together when I had this idea to talk about being mm. nine and my obsession with Survivor and I was like oh and this is when I was in fourth grade. That To me that was my favorite grade. I don't know even though <laughs> I had no friends. <laughs> I just was so obsessed with mm. school and I was just I found my relief in reading and found it in doing like news 
and I asked for an overhead projector, and I got That's one. That's amazing. And I played school all night, and I was so close to my younger sister, which I'm still close with, and yeah. we got to play. Yeah. Well, that's really that's really sweet. Thank you for sharing. And what a blessing to have those just kind of lying around. Um, okay, so last question. This show was survival, so I thought it would be um, appropriate since this is also like the beginning of the new season, the first mm-hmm. uh, uh, kind of few podcast episodes of 2021. What's like the one thing that's gotten you through this pandemic? Like, how have you been surviving the last few months? As... <laughs> cheesy as it sounds please cheese it doing out loud daily thank yous or gratitude you know i mean just really practicing that Um, having a dog is the best blessing i mean you know she makes me laugh so much and sometimes she forces me to get out of the house multiple times to take Mm. a walk just being outside and disconnecting and that brings me to another thing is surviving is trying to not be so attached to the phone and disconnecting and reading I have read more this year than I've ever read in my entire life, which I'm embarrassed to say. I was, you know, besides being nine, when I was like reading school books really well, after that, once boys came in the mm. picture and hormones, I I was into TV, I was into film, and now I'm getting back to where I'm discovering these great books. Like I read Untamed by Glennon Doyle. Mm, was it good? Oh God, everyone needs to own that book, everyone. Not a sponsorship, this is a true, uh, this is Not a, a real. Not a sponsorship, it is, I mean, I have never, I think I'm gonna buying it for everyone this year as okay. their gift. Right. So if you're listening to this, oh, it's after the New Year's. So yeah, you exactly. Know. You're probably reading your copy. I hope you're loving it. Um, yeah, I mean, I, every, everything on like Reese's Books Club, you know, so like I'm reading Where the Crawdads Sing right now. I've read Such a Fun Age. Oh, God, mm. I mean, I'm just, it's one of these things that I've never, I don't know, it's been saving me Good. because you can't really see friends, you know, and yeah. I think that's one thing too is I feel lonely, you know, cause, but then again, I, I have so much to be grateful for. It's kind of bring me back to where I was like, yeah, nine, I didn't have play dates you know but I had like my creativity and I had art and stuff to kind of be there that's comforting so I think it's finding joy and gratitude is how I'm surviving yeah. I, I love I I love that and that's so healthy too good for you yeah, yeah. <laughs> um well Ariel what a pleasure to talk to you as always Thank you um, for joining us again on the podcast. And I look forward to seeing you, uh, seeing your work at its personal in the future. Oh, I can't wait. (laughs) Thank you so much, Max. I mean, this this was great. If you can't see, I'm (laughs) smiling really big right now. This was so great. Yeah, of course. Bye. Bye. It's Personal is a live storytelling show with a twist. You can find tickets to future shows in the 2021 season at itspersonalonstage.com or in the link in our Instagram bio at itspersonalonstage. While you're on our website, take a second to catch up with our blog, sign up for a class or two, invest in a membership and explore our store for the coolest merch in town. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.